Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello. Welcome to Engage for Success Radio with me, your host, Joe Moffitt. Today, show number 529 is on the topic of leading the listening organization. And we have an absolutely full house to today's show with three guests to help explore that topic who I'll introduce to you in a moment. But first of all, for those who are not familiar with Engage for Success, a few words about the movement. Um, Engage for Success is a not-for-profit movement. We are the UK's leading voice on the topic of employee engagement. We're raising awareness and running events through our area networks around the country and our topic and sector-specific thought and action groups, developing research, publishing case studies, and shining a light on great practice. So do visit us at engageforsuccess.org where you can learn more and sign up for our weekly newsletter. And I'm Joe Moffat, and along with everyone who's involved with Engage for Success, um, we are all volunteers. We all give up our time and energies um, in, a, in a voluntary capacity. We all have day jobs, and mine is as um, MD and founder of Woodreed, a specialist agency where we help clients create great places to work, high-performing cultures of engaged employees, so all things engagement, experience, and of course, communication. So, to today's topic and my three special guests, uh, Mike Houseford, Kevin Ruck, and Howard Cray, who are co-authors of Leading the Listening Organization. So, I'll introduce them in a moment, um, you let them all say hello, but first of all, Mike. Mike Houseford is the founder of Coravel, which is an organizational development consultant that specializes in change communication and has been um, running that since 2001 um, and works internationally across private, public and third sector organizations. Kevin is the co-founder of PR Academy, who are the largest provider of the Chartered Institute of Public Relations qualifications. He's also editor of Exploring Internal Communication. And Howard um, is co-founder of True an employee experience and engagement consultancy. Um, and that followed several senior roles in large global organizations, as well as two years having led the, the UK chapter, it sounds like a motorbike gang, doesn't it, of the International Association of Business Communicators. Um, so three um, guests and three co-authors of a book called the Business Organization, uh, which as those of you who are familiar with engagement to know, is one of the four enablers of engagement, Enable 3, um, identified by David McLeod and Nick Clark in their original Engaging the Success Report, the importance of listening to employee voice, and um, so much more than an annual survey, as I'm sure Mike, Kevin, and Howard will explain and expand upon in a moment. So, first of all, Mike, Kevin, and Howard, welcome to Engage with Success Radio. Thank you. Good to, have, good to have you all here. Um, so let's kick off, shall we? Um, three of you, clearly with, with impressive CVs, came together to write a book on leading the listening organization. So, Mike, perhaps you could kick off by telling us how the book came about and also, importantly, um, what it actually is about, other than the obvious. About, I suppose, five years ago now, we were together in a conference in um, Copenhagen, actually, where we were uh, meeting up with a whole load of other communicators and change people. 
and we were running a, an open space session. How, Howard was the one who triggered the question. He, he made the point, or asked the question rather, of why, why do we spend so much time focusing on how we transmit rather than how we receive? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that triggered a whole conversation about listening. So we, we went, that, that, that kicked off a process that involved four reports that have, have, have been published over the last four or five years. And about two years ago, we decided to put it all into a book. Routledge um, agreed they, they wanted to publish it. And mm-hmm. the, the, the book really covers what, how organizations listen to their people. Mm-hmm. And we're talking not just about um, individual listening at the leader level, but also you know, how you listen to an organization overall and make sense of what you're learning about how the organization is or isn't working from people. Uh, mm-hmm. It covers the, what we call the listening age, um, mm-hmm. which is really about the, the impact of the pandemic, how we're all changing our way of working, impact of technology on how we work, um, the in- growing interest in the employee experience and the importance of listening in order to improve that, all the sort of regulatory changes and the focus of stakeholders and and other regulators on how um, organizations listen to their people, how that's becoming more important. Um, and it also gets into the importance of listening. You know, why, do, why is it important to do you know, the benefits in terms of organizational performance, in terms of uh, employee engagement, obviously, um, okay. innovation, change, fairness, and customer experience, and so on. We also get in, we look at the barriers to um, listening. Um, we look at some of the approaches to listening. In fact, not just some, we quite a lot of different approaches to listening. So like 23 or 24 different approaches that we explore with digital listening, employee resource groups, and so on. But a, a major part of the book as well is about leadership and the leader's role in listening. So we talk about um, how to create a listening climate. And we've also developed a leadership listening model that we end the, the book with which we think is the first of its kind. Right, right. Gosh, it certainly sounds like it's covering a lot of, a lot of uh, ground. And I'm guessing um, it, it's a very different book that you've written now. You would have written pre-pandemic and also, of course, pre and the advances in the pandemic. So I wanted to turn to you, Robin, and ask you to um, tell us a little bit about some of the uh, research and sort of rigor that went into the contents of the book and the, the um, conclusions that you drew. Yes, uh, well, thank you. I think uh, it's important to all of us that we um, base the book on, you know, robust uh, research and mm-hmm. models and the um, the guides and the principles that we set out are therefore underpinned by both academic and practitioner research. Um, you know, from my own point of view, you know, I, we go all the way back to, you know, the McLeod um, um, and Clark report. For me, that was a, you know, a watershed moment when I saw that report and the, the voice enabler certainly resonated with me. Um, it, it sort of spurred me on me, my own PhD research, which I completed in 2016. I certainly found a strong um, correlation between uh, employee voice and what I called organizational engagement. Um, and then, you know, so there's lots of, um, there's lots of history um, and research we draw on. But I would, I would point out a book by Jim McNamara, who uh, may not be familiar to your listeners, but he, he is, um, you know, a, a renowned uh, author and researcher on listening to stakeholders. So his, mm-hmm. his recently updated book is called Organizational Listening, 
uh, two. It's the second one. Um, and it's just been published, and, and it takes a very detailed academic research approach into listening to all um, the stakeholders that an organisation may have. Whereas our book is really focused purely on listening to employees. And the other book that I think um, I think certainly stood out to us is um, the Fearless Organisation, which people will probably be familiar with, which is by Amy Edmondson, because we oh, do yes. talk a lot about psychological safety, uh, as mm -hmm. you would expect. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of different sources in the book, uh, both academic and practitioner reports, you know, robust um, industry reports, of course, from both the CMIPD and from other communication sources. And we bring it all together with our own research that we conducted over those four years. We, you know, we ran um, two surveys with communication managers, we ran focus groups, we did um, workshops, and we ran uh, interviews with communication managers and interviewed people about um, the way that they were um, doing listening in their own organization. So, yeah, we did conduct our own research uh, over that period, and we then brought it all together with um, all the other material that's out there. Absolutely. That's, that's a useful start. Thank you for, thank you for laying that out for us, Kevin. And, and I think, interestingly, you know, you, you, we, we both touched on McLeod and Clark and the original report. And, of course, you know, employee voice is a term that we've been using now for, for quite some time. But, so what would you, and your book is called Leading the Listening Organisation. So, Kevin, what's the difference between voice and listening? That's a very good question. Um, in truth, I don't think there is very much difference. Um, although I would say that employee voice, not always, but sometimes tends to um, look at you know, the role of um, unions and work councils, whereas we are looking at direct voice between employees and their leaders. So that, there's that slight difference. Um, but in truth, really, definitions of employee voice are very close to the definition we use for listening, but I would say there is one difference, and that is if we talk about the term employee voice, it tends to suggest that the emphasis is on employees speaking out. And if we use the term listening, the emphasis shifts to senior leaders and managers listening to what employees are saying. So it may seem a subtle you know, use of terminology, but I think it does, for us, uh, represent a fundamental shift in what we're talking about. We are yeah, putting no, responsibility on leaders. To listen. Yeah, it's interesting. I think I'm sure um, many of those people listening to this show now will have heard Nita Clark talking at various events where she talks about employee voice being the canary in the coal mine. And um, the, the idea that so many of the corporate scandals, organisational scandals that have come to light in, in recent years. Um, actually, if people had asked many of the frontline workforce and, and then actively listened to what they were being told, maybe some of those things would have been would have been preventable. So um, interesting, yeah. And and um, Mike talked at the beginning about how when we're setting up what the book covers, how we I think he used the phrase we're in an era of listening. Um, Howard, what can you pick up on that and tell us a little bit more about what we mean by that then? What's changed? Why, why now? I mean, it, you know, it's Taylor Swift era's tour. So why are we in the era of listening? Um, well, I think, I think a number of things have happened um, in a fairly short space of time. 
Um, and that's why we think that things have come together and we've used the, time, you know, we've used the term, I think our first chapter is called Welcome to the Age of Listening. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you, you referenced earlier the pandemic, for example, where I think, you know, we, we all saw how organizations began to think how, you know, we need to look in, we need to think about how our employees are dealing with the pandemic and dealing with working in a different way. Um, so that, that was one sort of very noticeable thing. But I think there's a, there's a series of other factors. You know, you've got Generation Y, Generation Z type people coming into um, workplaces, people who, who I think increasingly want to have a voice. They want to have a say in their organizations. And I think when you look at how people grow up generally, you know, in an era of social media where you're used to using TripAdvisor or Glassdoor and leaving reviews, you know, to, to, you're used to having your voice. So why mm. wouldn't you want to have your voice in an organization? I think that a number of things are growing within organizations. You know, we see the, the growth over the last, what, year, 18 months, two years of employee experience. Um, we, we sort of see the, the sort of focus on ESG, on diversity, where you know, these things are, are, are only going to be successful if you're listening to different voices, if you're, if you're interested in how people are properly experiencing things, and you can only understand that by asking them. So again, this, this sort of notion of, of listening at critical points at the moments that matter uh, is all beginning to come. I think also that technology and the, the sort of rise of AI and, and, and sort of uh, big data type technology gives an increased ability to understand complex data very quickly. Um, you know, many people listening may have that experience of conducting a survey and then being faced with almost manually reading through a thousand plus um, written sort of comments, that pe- freehand comments that people have left which you can now sort of analyze in seconds. So again, some of the sort of processes that underpin good listening are much easier and more available than they used to be. So I think a number of things are happening. You're also seeing organizations actually call it, you know, using listening strategies. I think that's happening more. That may just mean a survey in many respects. But I think, again, the language of listening is coming. So all of these factors over the last, you know, certainly pandemic, since the pandemic, the last two or three years, seem to be coming together at a time where, you know, that, that, that I think it's appropriate to sort of look at this as a new age of listening. Yeah, absolutely. It's fascinating, isn't it? I mean, I can remember, I can very vividly remember actually where I was when I first started to hear about people talking about um, automated analysis of free text responses in surveys. And, you know, that was unheard of only a relatively short time ago. Um, and, of course, that enables people to go from voices just being sound to actively leaders actively listening and actively being able to show their listening by being able to demonstratively respond to that i think is, is crucial isn't it so howard thank you for that can you so in a, in a nutshell what are the why should we listen why do you know why is it a good thing yeah, there, there are many benefits and the most important one is we would argue and we believe that good listening will lead to better performance for the organization, whether that's in better engagement uh, within the organization, higher levels of trust, less turnover. You know, the, and and you, you referenced, Joe, the canary in the coal mine, you know, so better risk management. Um, so, you know, just, just listening, we, we, you know, our contention is we'll, we'll sort of positively impact those sort of key drivers. But I think it's more than that as well. Most organizations that I, I know tend to have innovation, for example, in their, their value set, 
um, you know, you, you innovate better when you have different voices, when you have different people who are contributing and, and coming up with ideas. And I've worked with, and I'm sure many people have, when you work with people who are closest to the customer, who can share what customers are really saying and thinking, you know, this can drive different ideas. This can drive better ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. And I think also, you know, every organization is going through change and, and listening to how people are feeling as they go through the process of change how they understand change, how they um, start to sort of get behind different ways of doing things. Again, if you're listening, you'll help that, that process uh, immeasurably. So I think there's all of these things all playing together at the, at the same time. So, you know, many benefits. Yes. And ultimately, yes. we'd also say it's the right thing to do. You know, why, why wouldn't you want to listen to people who want to contribute? I think that's how you touched on change and transformation. I mean, goodness me, tell me a a single organization out there who isn't going through some kind of transformation at the moment. And so often employees have had a sense that change is just something that's done to them. Um, And therefore, they get left behind. They don't embrace it. Change doesn't necessarily stick. And uh, listening can certainly be a, a, a vital contributed towards more effective transformation and change. Um, Mike, um, Howard touched on the um, importance of, 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 of diversity when listening um, in, in what he was talking about there. And I wonder when, as far as sort of the, the research and the best practice that you talk about in the book, can you, can you share a few examples of that for us? Yeah, we did. Uh, I can. And I just just thinking about what you just said, though, Joe, I was just struck by the, 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 um, you know, you, you mentioned change, and the importance of listening in change. One mm. of the things we found is that the, the way organizations listen is it goes from it covers a, a, a number of different approaches. You know, you've got you've got what is fairly passive listening. You mentioned employee surveys at one end of a scale at the other end of the scale. You've got listening which is all about co-creating the future together really involving people and change and listening to people to 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 go forward so one of the things we looked at in the book was that whole spectrum of different forms and styles of listening from the sort of passive to the co-creating including emotional listening so listening to how people are feeling about things you know active listening in terms of actually doing things differently and we found some great examples of good practice i'm I'm careful not to use the word best practice because it's always Mm -hmm. You know, it's always difficult to be prescriptive. What may work in one organization may not work in another. But we did find some great examples of good practice. We, we, looked, we had a process which we explained in the book for identifying companies that could legitimately say they, 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 they did demonstrate good practice, both in terms of how people felt about it and in terms of their business performance and the results they got from it. Um, we... we, we um, we, we could mention specific things people do, like video diaries, like competitions for people to come up with innovative ideas and how they evolved in their colleagues, uh, ranking those ideas in order to uh, generate change. But the, the really interesting thing we found was that it was more of a mindset that depends on good listening practice than it was the specific things that people did. So yeah. we, found, we found some traits in terms of the leaders and the way the leaders operated. The, the point of come into that in terms of everybody's point of view is important, whatever their background, whatever their level, whatever their role is. And we found some other things around responsiveness, the empathy of the leaders, the, um, their compassion, um, 
and their, uh, their, their ability to put themselves in other, other people's shoes and being open to ideas. So lots of really interesting themes that sort of characterize good listening, not just practices, but good listening mindset almost. Good, thank you. Um, I'm, I don't know about you, I, I'm afraid we were having a few technical issues, you were clicking in and out a little bit there, but I think I got, I certainly heard the gist of what you were saying, which is fine. Um, but can I perhaps maybe talk to Howard next um, and just share with us a sort of what gets in the way of, you know, people who have been listening to this and say, yeah, yeah, this all makes good sense, I get that, but um, maybe they struggle to do this as effectively as they might in their own organization. So Howard, what were some of the barriers that you found? Yes, absolutely. And, and, and you know, it, it sounds obvious and easy sometimes, but it's far from that in, in complex organizations. And I think there's many reasons, and I'll just, just pick out two or three. I think, first of all, um, it was referenced earlier around psychological safety. So, you know, you, 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 for good listening to happen, you need to, people are confident that they can use their voice, that they will be heard and that people are interested in what they have to say. But at the same time, our work found that leaders themselves also struggle at times with psychological safety here in that how are they going to deal with, with what they heard? Someone said to me recently that a leader was not keen to ask, you know, for people to contribute because they were, and this is a quote from what, what the person told me, but scared of opening a can of worms. And, you know, my response to that was, well, what's wrong with that? And why wouldn't they want to know? But I think that there is a sort of a reticence in, I might hear something that I don't want to hear or that I can't deal with. So, so that would be one area. There's a second area around what I call a lack of systems and processes. Um, and, and maybe ally that with sometimes, you know, li listening can be almost just too passive. Like we just do a survey because it's what we do. Um, mm -hmm. And so because we do the survey, we don't really think about, you know, that, that equals listening. And, and mm. it, you know, I think that, that could be a whole other uh, podcast episode. Oh, couldn't it just? Yeah, we've, 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 done, we've done our employee engagement survey, so we've, we've done employee engagement. Yeah, that, that's done. Exactly, exactly. And, and even then when you do it, you're not really looking too hard at what the results tell you. Um, mm -hmm. I think the, 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 other, the other idea that, that we, you know, was really interesting in the book is, is our – is, is that listening isn't necessarily what I'd call a core capability or a, a core competency for, for leaders. And we asked uh, a lady called Elizabeth Williams, who's a Canadian academic, to do some work for us. And she did a, a study, I think it looked at about 18 of the world's leading MBA and leadership programs and, and did a bit of a word search on listening um, and found one, one course that, that talks about listening, and that was listening to customers, so nothing at all around listening internally. And where aspiring leaders are taught about communications, which, which is not all of those courses at all, and, and as I say, these are some of the leading academic uh, institutions in the world, where they're taught about communication, communicating, they're taught about broadcast, they're taught about you know, how I get my message out, not how to be curious or how to listen or how to bring other people in. So, you know, I've worked, as you said, I've, I've had a, you know, different in-house, senior in-house roles. And I've worked with some amazing leaders who totally get it. But it's almost luck rather than judgment. And, it, and it's a worry. You know, where, where are these leaders getting this input, this, this sort of um, direction that leading should be, uh, listening should be part of the way that they lead in organizations? Yes, yes, absolutely. Now, it's a really, really important thing. And, and leadership skills, leadership uh, development of, of 
junior and middle managers to fit them for that role, as well as senior leaders as well. Um, these are really crucial crucial skills that people don't necessarily, they're not necessarily born with, they don't necessarily, they're not necessarily innate, but they can certainly be learned. I wonder, um, Mike, let's hope technology is um, at bay, because they seem to have gone away. Um, could you summarize for us some of those key skills that leaders particularly need to have to, to create an effective listening organization? We, we spoke we spoke to something like 90 different people in order to sort of try and identify what are the things that when you when you think about the leaders who listen really well what are the things you see happening and the themes that came out first of all was openness you know in other words i'm curious i want to learn Mm -hmm. i I want to value the perspective that you have and um and i'm i'm humble enough to be to ask the question and and try and understand it second Mm -hmm. thing won't come as a surprise Responsiveness. Listening is not just about hearing and, and asking good questions. It's also about um, using the information you learn from that in order to, um, you know, either either respond directly to a question or actually create a new way forward. So acknowledging other people's views and linking mm-hmm. what we do to things we've heard from people. Empathy. So I'm sensitive to, to your feelings. I'm sensitive to your view of the world. Um, and um, and I make I make it clear and visible that I, I, I I'm I'm doing that and I'm I'm understanding that. And finally, compassion. Um, you know, it's an idea originally Covey talked about in the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. But compassion is all about understanding and having a, a respect for others as a fundamental aspect of effective leadership. So those four things were, were the the things that stood out for us. Right, and, and really powerful. I mean, goodness me, those are all absolutely core skills that an effective leader needs to have. It, it, it kind of almost irrespective of being able to lead a listening organisation. I mean, those are those are actually core skills that they they need to be effective leaders. And and these things go hand in hand. They're not in isolation, are they? Of course. So, um, right, we've we've got just under just under four minutes left. So I wonder if I could just ask. Um, Kevin, just to sort of look ahead a little bit for us, and um, we all, you know, everyone's talking about tech, everyone's talking about AI. Um, I wonder what your views are in, in, in as far as the book's concerned about the, the way that that's going to change how people are currently and will in the future better listen to their people. Yeah, I'm, it's such a fast-moving space. Um, it? It's difficult to, to, to put your finger on it, but I think in the book we talk about the potential use of semantic analysis, predictive analysis, what I would call real-time, continuous listening and responding. You know, the technology exists to do that. It's not necessarily, um, you know, AI. Uh, it, it, it can be all sorts of technologies. You know, certainly large language modeling can do the sentiment analysis. And there are certainly technologies that will help you analyze what people are saying um, and summarize key points. And, you know, that data analysis piece, I think, is, is significant. In our research, we actually found that a third of organizations rarely or never use internal digital platforms as a way of listening to employees. And yet employees actually find speaking out um, on digital platforms is their preferred method of, you know, speaking out. 
you know, and that, and that includes I, I other methods. I absolutely believe that, yeah. That absolutely yeah. rings true, doesn't it? It yeah. does. So I think that I think the opportunity is there, the challenge is there, and it means that we're going to have to understand how to do data analysis. I think that's the mm-hmm. challenge for us in doing so. But I think the opportunity is to do real rapid, real-time data analysis and feedback. You know, problem solving is going to be much quicker. Um, you know, understanding how to adapt um, change management programs according to what employees are thinking and feeling. It's going to be, it's going to speed up the whole process, I think, and it can really transform what we do. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, the opportunity to be preemptive as well, isn't it? Is to get a sense that actually we've learned from this in the past and actually what we're now hearing is triggering the fact that something might happen and we can respond in advance of that um, problem turning into something far more dangerous for the, for the organisation or for individuals or cohorts of work or other workforce or whatever. Excellent. We, um, I just want to close, if I may, um, come back to where we began, Mike. Um, I'm sure everyone's found this fascinating. I certainly have. There's been some really, really rich content in there, and the book sounds like a, a, a great read. Um, so where are we going to – where can people get hold of a copy? Get it on Amazon. Uh, mm-hmm. Get it from the publisher, Routledge. Um, mm-hmm. Get it from any good bookshop. You know, Foils, Blackwells. It, it, it's out there. It's, it's, it's available now. It's Excellent. called Leading the Listening Organisation. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Leading the Listening Organisation. So um, all that really remains is for me to thank this week's special guests, Mike Poundsford, Kevin Ruck and Howard Crace, co-authors of Leading the Listening Organisation, available in all good bookshops and online. And I think just to close, um, because I think Mike, Kevin and Howard, I'm not going to let you go without challenging you to join in our current Engage with Success campaign. Uh, which is running on LinkedIn at the moment and on our website. And what we're challenging people to do is to record on their smartphone their 90-second nugget for what makes for an engaged workforce, what makes for a great employee experience, what makes for a great place to work. And given what you've got today, I don't think you're going to be short of something to say. But you have to keep it to 90 seconds, record it on your smartphone, post it on LinkedIn, use the hashtag 90SecondNuggetEFS, and tag Engage with Success, and please challenge some of your connections by tagging them to do the same. And I'd like any of our listeners who um, found today of interest to do the same as well. Um, and thank you for listening to Engage with Success Radio. Don't forget you can download or stream any of the shows from our archive at any time. Just visit engagewithsuccess.org. Um, and if you want to get in, involved in the movement, that's where you can uh, connect with us as well. So 90 Second Nugget EFS, Mike, Kevin, Howard, thank you very much for contributing. Thank you for what I thought would be future contributions, and I can guarantee that we will be listening to you. So thank you and goodbye. Thanks, Joe. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.